The blast from our past network. Codrod! Codrod! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two bros just broing out, talking Seinfeld broing all the bro day. Uh, I'm Adam. And I'm Bro Corey. <laughs> and this episode, we are starting off season three with a bang. We are taking on the note. Season three, episode one. This show aired on September 18th, 1991. Corey, my man, would you give us the synopsis of the episode? Yes, sir. The note. George worries that his massage from a man may have turned him on. Meanwhile, Jerry small talks his way into being mistaken for a child abductor, and Kramer spots Joe DiMaggio at a donut shop. Okay, Okay. that is very straight and to the point. Yeah, they didn't put really much flourish on that one. (laughs) No, no, that really didn't entice me on the episode really at all. Uh, (laughs) We'll see if talking about it. Uh, entices other people uh, to maybe go back and rewatch this episode. Uh, but to start this, per usual, we've got a stand-up bit. Yes, of course. All right, so uh, Jerry starts talking about uh, whenever someone recommends a doctor, they're always the best. He's like, someone had to have graduated last in their class. Someone has to be the worst. And then uh, and then he's like, you know, whenever someone recommends a doctor, they're like, oh, you know, tell him Bob sent you. You know, and he's like, well, what, what will that do? Like, you know, oh, Bob sent you? I'll give you the real medicine. Everyone else, I'm giving Tic Tacs. And that was, yeah, that was an okay stand-up, but my main distraction during that stand-up mm-hmm. was the the altered intro music uh the like the bibbity bebop scat that was going on mm-hmm. did you notice hey. that yeah oh yeah it's the the haze and some some extra scatting uh vocals that got added in for just this episode that's right so apparently um in between seasons two and three uh jerry went to the composer and he's like hey and this was jerry's idea jerry seinfeld's idea he goes you know let's can we beef it up can we you know make it pop a little bit more and uh and he he basically described uh freestyle scat uh to the composer and the composer's like okay sure you know i'll do that and they tacked it onto this episode and jerry liked it the composer liked it and larry david liked it and then the episode aired and the executives hated it and they realized that they totally <laughs> forgot to get like permission to do this and so that's why they had to scramble and take it off the next two episodes even though they had i think they had actually added it to the first three mm-hmm. episodes and they had to take them off so this is the only episode that actually has it on there and i gotta say jerry stick to comedy my man <laughs> yeah this is this is the one time that like network executive uh, interference really helped the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you realize like if, truthfully like executives and producers they're supposed to guide things and make things better and yes this is the time when that's their job that is actually their yeah. job to be like um that actually doesn't sound great let's not go in that direction <laughs> and this time they uh, were a hundred percent correctly because that thing was trash <laughs> yeah whenever 
whenever we're watching Seinfeld, me and my wife just kind of randomly for fun. If I want to annoy her uh, at the opening part, I'll just I'll just jump in with a hey, <laughs> you know, or doing, doing my own little scats uh, in that, and she's just like. Stop that, Adam. That's not good. That's not fun. <laughs> it's not, dude. It's terrible. And I think maybe if it literally didn't have that one hay, it would have been okay. But that hay and and like where it and where it came, it came like during a dead spot in the in the in his stand up act. I was like, what the fuck is this, man? This is terrible. So yeah, my my takeaway is Jerry, uh, don't don't add any notes to the composer. <laughs> No, uh, and luckily I don't think they do for the rest of the entirety of the show, which is very good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, all right. So we start into the actual episode, and Jerry is getting a massage, uh, and he's talking with the masseuse, which I find completely strange. Um, you know, he'll tell us later, but like, you know, he's getting he's getting a massage. It's uh, uh, I I don't find talking to be very relaxing personally. You know, when I want a massage, I want to be able to be, like, into deep relaxation. But, you know, he tells us a little later, he does it for them because he thinks that they, <laughs> they might get bored, uh, which is a fairly funny line. And I, I know it's in the next scene, but I have to mm. inter- interject now. Um, <clears throat> my wife and I both get massages, and um, like, every other week. And she, we talk about it afterwards, and she doesn't say anything to the masseuse. But I'm in there chatting the whole time, and it's because I'm 100% <laughs> like Jerry. I I get, like, weird of just sitting there in silence, so I just have to keep talking. And I've never said anything as horrible as this opening, you know, thing that yes. he's saying to the masseuse. But I do, like, I can't have any dead silences, so I just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of talk myself into circles sometimes. So That's I found weird, this, man. I, I know, and I found this to be completely relatable. How? Do, I mean, how do you fully enjoy you, a massage when you're? You don't. You don't. Yeah. That's the answer. I do not ever fully enjoy a massage. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, Jerry is uh, just saying some. Some not very cool things. He's talking about this kidnapper person, uh, you know, who who stole and killed like a kid or something in Delaware or some shit like that. And, you know, it's freaking out the massage therapist, you know, because she has a kid because she has a kid. But he like keeps kind of like asking her personal questions, and like (laughs) diving into it. It's getting getting too far. And it's I actually think that this is genius because I totally get where mm. Jerry's coming from. He's like, so where do you live? And, you know, it's it's a it's a for him. It's like this like non sequitur segue. But to her, she's like tracking all of this together, you know, and painting a picture of yeah. this of this monster that she's massaging. But I honestly completely go. I understand Jerry's point of view. He's just like, OK, so next thing, where, where do you live? I'm just keeping the conversation going, not aware of how all of this sort of ties together. Yeah, I mean, well, Jerry's Jerry's pushing a little too far and getting a little bit too. He's like uh, honing in on like the kid a little, a little yeah, too much. And I love just the look on his face when he's just he's staring straight towards the camera. It's it's great. It's a great little scene. Yeah. Uh, so we are at uh, cut. We cut to Jerry's apartment, and Elaine and George are there. Uh, we they kind of end up kind of talking about the scene that we just saw, um, and. George is also not happy that Jerry doesn't have anything to eat. And Jerry kind of ends up telling them that, you know, this is a physical therapy and not, you know, a massage. That actually you can get insurance to pay for it if you get a doctor's note. So, you know, obviously this uh, perks George's interest because he's a tightwad. Um, you know, he they kind of want to they want to go do that. And so... They go to the place. Well, actually, real real quick, um, did you notice that he just ended up eating a jar of jam, essentially? 
Oh, no, I, I didn't know. I kind of gave up paying attention to him, uh, but that makes total sense. And that's what's great because, well, first off, this is another awesome example of uh, the, the Seinfeld three-way conversation that, like, two people are having, but the third person's kind of doing, like, interjecting. Mm-hmm. And it's always with George. He's kind of, like, having his own conversation with himself, but the, the camera kind of keeps cutting to him. And yeah. we saw it in season one and season two. And yeah, I, we, I see it again this episode, later in this episode as well. Exactly. And I, it seems to be it's becoming more of a staple of the show and I actually really really enjoy it but the thing that I really loved about this scene was they they emphasize so much on George figuring out what to eat that the payoff is him eating a jar of jelly but there's no pomp and circumstance to it there's no like like you know laugh track to it and it's it's subtle, and that's what I really like. It's like, oh, there it is. There's the punchline to George's little George's joke in this little scene. He's freaking eating, and it's a giant jar of jelly. Like it's just he's just mm. eating it right out of there. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's comedy right there. See, that is good. That is good subtlety. I didn't I didn't even pay attention to it because I was moved on to the other conversation. But you know, the start of this whole thing was George. You know, he can't find something to eat. You know, and I just kind of I kind of forgot about it. But if you do pay attention. You get a good payoff. That's awesome. I think when Seinfeld's firing on all cylinders is when there's always something happening and mm. there's always a payoff. And even if you don't, like, I guess, notice the B or the C line payoff, it's still there. And that's what's great. Yep. So George and Elaine go to this uh, massage place. Uh, George gets assigned a male masseuse. And George, being the homophobic person that he is, is incredibly uncomfortable by this. He tries to pass it off. Elaine doesn't want it. Uh, you know, th- that's some of that kind of back and forth. It's a great conversation between the two of them. She's like, well, what if it, you know, becomes sexual? And he's like, well, what if it becomes sexual for me? And and it's funny to see, like, what her point of view is, I guess, more normative. And then his point of view, he, even though he's saying the same thing or he has the he has the same concerns. But for him, it's a much more, in, in, like, enhanced fear, you know? Yeah, yeah. I find it. I found it okay. Uh, I honestly, I got really tired of George's homophobia very quickly in this episode. Okay, I find it just like, I mean, I know it's it's it works perfectly in character, but like, I guess I just got sick of him, and I just I, just for this episode, I was just like, God damn it, George, get you know, uh, get some fucking confidence. You know, if, if having a male massage or male massage does not turn you gay, yeah. Uh, I mean that that's my that was my thought. I just got I got tired of his fucking homophobia immediately. I yeah, I yeah, I didn't get tired of it, but I was like mm-hmm. it, to me it, it registered as unrealistic. Like I don't know anyone yeah. that's that insane and that neuro, you know, yeah, that level yes. of neuroses basically. So I, I mean I, guess I get I, it. It's George. It's George and so it makes sense being that that neurotic about it. Um but I just kind of got sick of it immediately. Uh speaking of, so you mean you get massages? Have you ever had a male masseuse? I I wrote that down. I have actually never had a male masseuse. And I I truly, like, looking into my soul, don't know how I'd feel with a male masseuse. And between you, me, and all of our subscribers, that's that's the truth. The truth is I don't Mm -hmm. know how I would feel about that. You need to get a little security, bro. I I, I completely agree. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying like I would be freaked out or like wanting to switch or something, but I've never had it done, so I I, I truly have no idea. And gotcha. I think I don't know, man. As someone, I guess maybe who grew up in in the '80s and everything, there's that that baseline underlying fear. And 
I do kind of blame it on the 80s because, like, dude, I grew up watching movies like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right? And that's, you know, okay, no big deal there, right? But there's a there's a scene in there where they, like, at uh-huh. the end, like, kind of hug each other, like, ah, yep. you know, and then they push each other away and they're like, fag. And it's like, yep. okay, or they say gay or whatever, you know? And, no, no, they, they say, yeah, they say yeah. the, the fag and, word. And it's yep. like, and, and, you know, and as a kid growing up like that was okay to say and now as i'm older yeah. i'm really trying to erase that word from my lexicon i don't even want to like say it i feel bad saying it i, I don't like it but at, f- from someone who grew up in the 80s this is what boys were taught we were taught that you mm-hmm. could not embrace like our friends and stuff like that and whatnot and it's just it's been in my older age that i like in my 40s where i'm okay with like telling my friends my guy friends that i care about them like hey adam yeah. adam dude i love you man like seriously and but as a kid man i could never freaking up until like in my 30s i could never tell you that bro like and that's what's crazy yeah i mean definitely i mean i I, i'm very similar you know i've tried to remove that line from my lexicon um the only time i use it is because i'm a south park fan and i use it very jokingly mostly only to my wife or to other friends who are fans of south park Uh, south park has a specific episode where they use that use the word yeah and it's when loud cars or motorcycles or something drive by me i just kind of like look to my wife and say that line it's be- but it's because it's a south park reference it's, it's a anything. reference that she gets yeah I, I understand yes so yeah um but yeah i'm but like hell i i would say i was probably still using that that word up until past the yeah probably up, damn near up until my 30s it, once i probably once until i really started seriously dating my now wife and I just started maturing and getting past that. But like, I'm just trying to think of like the last time I like used that word was when I was like playing modern warfare and shit like that. And you'd get like, you'd be, and you'd say stupid shit all the time or you'd either hear it a lot or you'd say it a lot or whatever. When you're playing a bunch of, you know, playing another 12 year old kids and shit on, uh, on black ops or modern warfare <laughs> yeah get, getting killed by like a 10 year old and you say terrible things you say these are the worst things in, in that you say in life <laughs> yeah. is what you say uh when you're playing first person shooters yeah <laughs> exactly and and yeah so it's it was a different time and yes george's neuroses are are stupid they're not realistic yeah. and and in today's standards, they're absolutely just ridiculous and homophobic. But you also got to remember, yeah. he, he even him and Jerry and you know essentially Larry David, the writer, they all grew up in even an earlier time where you know yes. it was. So I, I get it, and I, I still find this episode to be funny. But I, I'm course. with you, George. George is annoying, but I I didn't hate him because I, it was more like okay, he's a char- it's he's a caricature. It's unrealistic, you know. Yes, you can't hate him because he's homophobic because his over the top homophobicness or homophobia, is the entire joke. Like, Mm -hmm. that is the whole thing that they're pushing. Like, hey, even in the 90s, dudes, you're being... Too homophobic, like that. That that is what George's character is doing right, here. Right, so it's you, not like yeah. You have to have it. It has to be over the top to sell the joke. But the but the joke is in the message is is that this is wrong. Like this is stupid. Yes. Like you're a moron. And I think you, Adam, are supposed to feel the way that you feel towards George yeah, because yeah. yes. it, it, I, they're trying to say, look, this is this is dumb. Even Jerry's all Agreed. Jerry's reactions in this episode are just like, what? You're, you're an idiot. This is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, long sidebar. Uh, just so you know, I have u- had a male masseuse before, uh, and it was a solid massage. But I will say, I do prefer a female masseuse. Yeah, yeah I can see that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from from that long diatribe. Um, 
yeah, the, he has the massage. You know, it's very, very awkward for him as we kind of hold put. You know, it's over the top. Uh, and there's, you know, there's somewhat funny for that. Um, you know, it, he gets so awkward to the point where he just starts saying one word answers. He gets he gets so uncomfortable. And his uncomfortableness is what funny is because it's over the top. And you're like, oh, my God, no one's like that, George. You're yeah. so stupid. And and his masseuse is great. I mean, I like and the guy. Raymond is <laughs> – I would love the guy looked like he knows what he was doing. I would love a massage from Raymond. Yeah, he had a great smile. Very, very warm yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, very approachable. Absolutely. So, uh, at Jerry's apartment, George tells uh, you know Jerry about the whole massage, what happened, and him being very uncomfortable about it. Um, you know, as you put it, Jerry's like, "Dude, whatever. What's wrong with you?" Um, I will say we get a fantastic line from George in this sequence when they're talking about the whole massage. And it, I think it's in my head, it's, you know, one of the top 20 Seinfeld lines of all time. I feel uh, where he tells Jerry, I think it moved. Like, <laughs> obviously he's talking about his penis yeah. about, Oh my God, that's the sign, man. The sign is, uh, you know, if a guy turns you on. And so George, George is so fucking afraid that now he's gay <laughs> because of this. <laughs> and yeah, that is a line that like gets quoted and everything or you see show up, you know, in images. Yeah. Um, but I love how Jerry and George kind of break it down like, like um, you know, gym rules. And, and he's like, mm-hmm. and George, Jerry's like, no, that's not the rule. It's not if it if it moved in proximity <laughs> or something. It's it moved if it was touched. That's that's what a coach told me one time, you know, or a <laughs> yeah, gym exactly. teacher told me. So it's like, yeah. it's funny because they, this kind of nails home th- a theme that goes on throughout the entire show, which is they are basically just high schooler, high schoolers in adults' bodies, you know, <laughs> and this kind of yep. just is is just reiterating that right there. Yes, uh, Kramer busts in. Uh, you know, he tells them all about him seeing Joe DiMaggio at this place called Dinky Donuts. You know, simultaneously. Uh, and you brought this up, and I'll kind of let you speak about it again if you want to. You get one of those triple conversations where Kramer is talking with Jerry about uh, the whole Joe DiMaggio thing. George is going off having his own conversation, but every now and then they they both kind of like uh, Jerry or George or Kramer, like they're all like intersecting. They're all they're interrupting each other's conversations with their own conversation, but they're all kind of. You know, doing their own simultaneous stuff. Because uh, Kramer comes in basically mid-conversation and just starts talking mm-hmm. to Jerry, essentially. Um, but when George says, uh, I've always, uh, I don't I don't even like urinals. I'm more of a stall yeah. guy. It's great because Kramer's like talking to Jerry and he just, he just stops and turns around and gives this like horrified look and then just shakes it off and just looks right back to Jerry and keeps going with the, the Joe DiMaggio conversation. But I love because mm-hmm. like it, Michael Richards, the actor, did a fantastic job of letting Kramer the character have that beat where like the words are still coming out of his mouth and you can tell that the what George said just all of a sudden hit him and he was like what <laughs> like what did I just walk into and uh, yeah. I just like that killed me I totally forgot about that reaction and I personally comedy wise I like reaction comedy and uh, Seinfeld doesn't do a lot of like cutaway reaction sort of like facial mm-hmm. reaction comedy kind of like how Parks and Rex does they would a lot of times they would yeah. cut to like Ben's face and just Ben would be like have this horrified look on his face you Say, know? or the office with Jim Jim yeah. did reactions all the time in yeah the and and I love reaction comedy it's one of my favorite kind of comedies and Seinfeld doesn't have it a lot but when it does like this moment here it's unbelievable Michael Richards just nailed it home run with that reaction okay i, I thought it was okay but you i'm glad you liked that, <laughs> that yeah. reaction comedy as much as you did man 
George wants to go to Jerry's dentist friend because Jerry kind of mentions that you know you know he, he could get his dentist buddy uh, to write a note for him. So uh, they do that. And at the dentist, you know, we, we get a continuous theme of if George hears anything about a man or he anything that he could take as being like, you know, are you accusing me of being gay? He does. Uh, and so he does that there basically or, or an attack on his manhood. Like, yeah, with the Holyfield. And, and that I can see. Yes. Like with the Holyfield poster. That's I'm I'm with you there. I'm like, OK. The, and the Dr. Roy, I think his name is. Um, He's like he's like, oh, what, what do you think of Holyfield? You know, like he's he's a, in, you know, obviously he's implying that he's a great boxer. And but he's also in like a picture of him is in the office shirtless. And George is like, well, what do you mean? What do I think of him? And because he's already yeah. in his own head, just like losing yeah. his his shit and you know when you're that neurotic you he thinks that the doctors like has some kind of clue as to what's going on in his head but the doctor's just like no what do you think of holyfield like yeah Yeah. like what's what is happening to this guy in front of me you know (laughs) i think he even says like you know great body i'm like yes holyfield he's a boxer you know he's he's all that kind of stuff, and I, I got to give it to the doctor that Roy he kind of takes everything in stride. But if I were if I were him, yeah. I'd be like, "What is wrong with you, man? Like, good lord!" I found Roy to be incredibly bland, in my opinion, and I'm glad he's a character that they didn't continue with. And instead, uh, we get uh, a fantastic dentist later on <laughs> in the series who makes me is so much happier that we have that because they do so many great scenes. Uh, with Brian Cranston later. <laughs> You're an anti-dentite. Yes, yeah, that's classic right there. So the dentist, uh, you know, being Jerry's friend, he does end up giving them the notes. And uh, we cut back to Jerry's apartment. Jerry is having trouble getting another appointment from his uh, massage therapist uh, because, you know, he freaked her out and now she doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, and so um, I do like that they're, th- this scene right here has a very perfect quote unquote show about nothing slash real scene going on uh, while he is on the phone. He's also ha- kind of having this little side fight with Elaine to sit on the couch. <laughs> uh, and it's just a funny little moment, but I feel like those little moments are what help define the show as it's a show about nothing as well. You know, or it's kind of like has those realistic moments where it's just like, yeah, everybody's like, you, you fucking sat too, too too close to me. And, and she was like, I was already here, you jerk. And stuff like that. That's just like, oh, yeah, we've all done silly things like that. But, like, they incorporate that with another thing that is actually already part of the plot. But it just... It enhances the show. Yeah, another little fun moment to kind of watch and see how it plays out. And, you know, mm-hmm. great job for Elaine, you know, because Jerry even sits on her skirt, you know, so she has to, like, pull mm-hmm. it out. It's it's just awesome. It's great, great acting on everybody's part. Yeah. So uh, Kramer busts in per usual, and he tells them he saw Joe DiMaggio again at Dinky Donuts. And this time we get a little extra thing about Joe DiMaggio. Apparently we find out that he's a dunker. He dunks his donuts. <laughs> now, is that so. a big deal? They make it a big deal because they're like, oh, Joe DiMaggio doesn't dunk his donuts. Do you, do you think that's a big yeah. deal in New York or something? I have no clue. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't understand that. Also, I don't I don't drink coffee. Uh, I also I, I wouldn't I would never consider dunking. Anyway, um, you know, I, I just I would find that weird. I, I I know a lot of people do dunk stuff. People like dunk their Oreos and stuff like that. I don't do that. I'm a, I'm a mouth mixer. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to do something, I'm going and if I want them to mix flavors, I will take a bite of the Oreo and then I will drink while it's still in my mouth. I'll drink drink the milk, <laughs> milk and then that's where it mixes. I don't want to 
dip it before and then put it in because I like Oreos for their texture. Or for a perfect example, I love vanilla wafers and milk. And milk. Vanilla uh-huh. wafers and milk are a perfect combination for me. And um, or Cheez Its and Coke. That also works fucking fantastic. Ooh, Cheez Its and Coke. But I don't think I've ever Nilla, had that Nilla before. Nilla, no, so you, you eat it, and then you just then you drink the milk, and then it kind of softens up, and you get like that kind of you get all the different levels of the texture, and you get like that mixture flavor in there too. But <laughs> anyway, have you ever taken your mouth mixture to like to, to the extreme and eaten eaten cereal that way, like one scoop at a time? That would that would make sense. I have not though. That is not <laughs> that would be a very Wow, that would take it to a whole nother level if I was if that's the way I had to mix my foods was <laughs> just <laughs> like in you my had mouth. to commit completely to be a, to being a mouth mixer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And I love um I love Kramer the way he like hits the table in this scene when he's trying to like talks about how he's calling out to Joe DiMaggio. That's yes, a, that's another classic Seinfeld like reference that people kind of I've even yo and then you know you hit the table all hard and yeah. everything and and like to the point where like everything kind of like jumps off the table a little bit. It's so just yeah. just abrasive and loud i love it it is uh, it's very kramer uh, it's good you know a little bit of physical stuff but uh, i do like that and we're gonna get that again later on in the episode <laughs> yeah that's a nice tie off at the end yep george comes in and he's all scraped up apparently he was called a mary uh because he jumped over a puddle and then he chased some kids that called him the mary and what just again him he him continuous him being homophobic i mean of course at this time i've already kind of just been like i'm done with you george yeah um, my and i wrote like how did you rip your jeans by falling like how, how did that happen uh, yeah he had, had, had an entire bloody knee yeah things like that so i don't know uh but anyway i mean yes just continuous on george's plot um the dentist friend calls jerry and apparently now he's under investigation for making these fake notes so they go over to the dentist office to try to apologize jerry and george does um and he ends up taking them back you know to uh, the i guess is not the operating table but like you know the examiner or whatever he's got someone who's under right there uh which is a joke that kind of pays off she oh she wakes up later but there there's really nothing to it yeah, it will. I mean, the interaction that they're all having is is good and funny. And my my thing was the only thing I really tracked was I was like, hey, good on, on good on the actor or the actress in the chair for not laughing, you know, during yeah. during that scene. Um, but then I started thinking, uh, have you ever been? gassed at a dentist office like you know like the only time i've ever gone under the gas or whatever or i guess uh, uh just gone under was when i had my wisdom teeth removed but is mm-hmm. that a normal mm-hmm. thing to get gassed at the dentist office i, I mean i don't think it does i mean i've i've had a root canal so that's where i i got gassed there as well okay i think Oh, I got one of those in my future, so I guess uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm staring down the barrel of a root canal one of these days so i'm sure some people have stuff I think it's it's a thing. I'll okay. say it's a thing, Corey. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. Just just <laughs> but, wondering. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. No idea. A couple other strange. There another strange thing in there that I didn't like. The as opposed to the dentist kind of like really pushing. You know. Oh, that there's trouble with this investigation. We get this random assistant lady who keeps popping in and like being angry at George and Jerry. Um, you know who I don't know who this assistant is. I don't give a fuck who this assistant is. And as opposed to this dentist who we've met a couple times, um, you know, being upset like he should be, we have this random assistant lady. And I, I just, for some reason, I thought that was poor writing at that part. Just just having someone else do it, I thought was strange. 
Does that does that make sense to you? Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that one because he was way too nonchalant about it. You know, yeah. even ter- telling Jerry, like, ah, it's okay, no big deal, as long as, you know, what he's going to mm-hmm. say, as long as the stories hold up. But uh, the, the assistant lady, obviously she has every right to be mad at Jerry if she knows what the situation is. But as, as far as a viewer goes, as far as, like, writing a, a comedy goes in 20 minutes, I, I don't think that character was necessary. He should have, yeah. Roy, the dentist, should have just embodied everything right there and I, I don't think it would have taken away from Roy's character if he got in a little bit of a kerfuffle with Jerry and George mm-hmm. right there so I, I don't really know that yeah that, that would have been better yeah I don't really know what the point of keeping his character so like like you know okay with everything I don't know what the benefit of that was comedy wise agreed agreed so uh all right so as you mentioned yes if they can get the massage therapist to go along with the <laughs> dental issue uh then the notes will hold up uh, so George and Jerry go to the massage place, and uh, he's trying to find that you know that original masseuse, which he does. He sees her, who has her kid, and a kind of a funny little thing. She she has him just run uh, down the hall to to get away from him. She's she's freaking out. I it's, do like that. Little I scene. do too. I I think that's great, especially because we know how harmless Jerry actually yeah. is. He's a giant kid himself, essentially. But yeah, that's that's a great bit of overreaction. She's like, run, run, and lock the door, and he's just like standing there. <laughs> I love that. Yep. So uh, they we cut to the diner, and they're not in their booth. They're got a different booth. That was the first thing I wrote down. They're in the, they're yeah. in the they're in the B booth now. This is going to become basically the B booth. Yeah, understand? Yeah, it's exactly one when they're not and they're regular. One. This is this is like the backup. This but the I backup think booth. I think they had to do that because they have they had to see Kramer, and it don't it wouldn't have worked. You know mm. what I mean? Like they had to be by yeah. the window, and it seems like they're only ever in that booth, like moving forward, is if they have to like interact with somebody at the window or something yeah yep that's about right so yeah as you mentioned uh, kramer walks by and so they bring him in um we also find out uh, right before that that apparently the dentist got probation nothing really comes with that uh, george also talks about men are popping into his sexual fantasies <laughs> get a little strange little story there <laughs> it's um, like come on at that point i i guess i'm with you buddy like at that point yeah. <laughs> i'm like come on man if like if you can't have if you have no control over like your own mind at that point like when you're in your own little fantasies yeah like, he's lost it he's got he's definitely has issues well i think i think what i like it is when they do more of like their subtle humor when when stuff like this when george has subtle homophobia which he does like throughout the damn series yeah you know th- this is nothing new for george no but when they have it like subtle and it's just like a small little part of it okay it's a little bit more funny here where it's just like over the top played which i as we mentioned i get it but it's just a little less you know humorous i, I like more of the subtle side of it um but yeah so kramer comes in yeah, and he said the gas made him throw up, <laughs> and then everyone kind of like sits back a little bit. I, oh, I thought yeah. that was a funny, like it didn't have to, you know, happen. But the way he just delivered, mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, that made me throw up." I was like, "Yeah, that was funny." Yeah, that's good. Uh, they end up seeing Joe DiMaggio at Monks, and uh, he's having coffee and a donut, and he's dunking. Oh my god, he's dunking, and they're all in awe, just staring at him. And we get a kind of another good line. You know, this one I, I think is is a better line with George's homophobia because you just kind of hear him say, you see, that is a handsome man. So where he couldn't say it before with other people or it'd freak him out, can say about a, you know, like a 75-year-old Joe DiMaggio (laughs) dunking a donut, Uh, which so that that I do appreciate. Uh, And then uh, Kramer, you know, has to be his Kramer, and he starts starts banging. Yep, yep, 
<laughs> yelping to, to try and get uh, the attention of Joe DiMaggio, which is is a good is a good callback to what we talked about before. Yeah, I liked Kramer's uh, yelp. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we end with a stand-up bit about homophobia. Yes, uh, appropriately enough, probably one of the most appropriate stand-up bits <laughs> that we've seen so far. Um, but he's like, you know, what causes homophobia? What is it that makes heterosexual men worry so much? He's like, um, and then he, you know, starts talking about it's because <clears throat> deep down inside, we know that we have weak sales resistance. Essentially, men can just be sold on mm-hmm. anything. And uh, he says, you know, we're, we're afraid that we're going to walk into a homosexual store instead of a shoe store and the salesperson's going to just like basically give us the hand of a guy and be like hey just just you know t- walk walk around with him and see how it feels you know no no pressure in buying or whatever and then you know jerry's like sort of pantomiming it and then he's like no and then acting as a salesperson he's like would you like to to see him in sandals you know and i was like okay that's that's actually what i thought was pretty funny yeah that's not bad. And in very appropriate and, you know, also, but, you know, kind of very much making light of why straight guys are so homophobic and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. So he, I feel like, I feel like it, it, he has like one foot in, you know, a, a looking forward and, you know, against homophobia, but then like, he still has like his, his, his history, his, how old he is at the time. So he's grew up with a, a bunch of homophobia and everything too. So I think it's a good transition into the, I guess the world that kind of we are now, maybe it was a necessary one, you know, to get us where we are now to be a more uh, enlightened culture. Or that's just putting too much on Seinfeld. <laughs> you can never Seinfeld can bear the weight of anything on its shoulders. Yes, in my it opinion. can. Yes, it absolutely yeah. can. Uh, as the credits roll, they play a song called uh, "Jolton Joe DiMaggio," uh, which is you know just like this song all about Joe DiMaggio, as opposed to the regular Seinfeld ending credits theme, um, which I absolutely hate. I am not a fan. Like if I'm watching this sh- this show. And this episode plays and I'm just going to, you know, I leave it on and then that song plays at the end of it. I'm just like, God damn it. Why why did they put this in there? Um, I'm glad that Seinfeld stopped doing that after this. So would you rather have that song or the updated scat version of... Neither. Neither. They just, <laughs> I don't want either of those in my Seinfeld, man. I like, agree. You don't need to have like a special song all about somebody in the episode like that. Fuck it, man. This is Seinfeld. This isn't the Joe DiMaggio show. <laughs> I agree with you, man. But that that scat song was was off putting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Let's talk about our general discussion of the episode, Mr. Corey. Man, lead us off. Yeah. Um. It's it's weird. I'm I'm watching this episode and I'm enjoying it, and I'm recognizing that like these are classic bits. And, you know, Kramer doing the Yelp. Um, uh, I, I really much, I very much enjoyed the final stand-up bit uh, here. But us talking about it, I kind of realized that I don't know if it was actually as strong of an episode as I thought it was when I was watching it. Um, mm. And we've had it before in the previous seasons where episodes that I think, like, neither of us really cared much for, the conversation elevated Mm -hmm. it a little bit and here i don't want to say that the conversation was bad or the reason that the episode wasn't as great but i think it kind of highlighted some things that i maybe didn't notice when i was watching it and my takeaway was that i was like it's it's good it's it's a decent episode but i don't know if it's as classic or as strong as i thought it was going into it because also too um 
I've, we've talked about it many times before, but I was in the camp of, um, you know, uh, Seinfeld starts season three. Seasons one and two are not Seinfeld, okay? And then we watched season one and two, and I'm like, oh my God, season two is, is great. There's all kinds of like actual classic bits in there. But, you know, I still have a little bit of that mindset, like season three is when it quote unquote starts. And I'm like, cool, this is it. This is going to be a strong episode. And it, it is strong <laughs> and it is fun, but it has its problems. And it's not as, it's no. It's no Chinese restaurant, that's for sure. Like it's, no. it's not as mm-hmm. it's not a hundred percent on point with the writing, truthfully. And um, yeah, I just it was fun, but not the best. And I'm I'm really glad that our conversation kind of like opened me up to a little bit of the problems of it. I'm like, okay, I, I like that. I like I love our conversations, and I love like when you give me insight into things and and show me different perspectives on things. And I on um, this time, I think it, it helped. Uh, it helped. And, you know, not in a good way, meaning like it helped the show get better, but it helped in a more proper way, meaning I think I could see the episode for maybe more of what it was. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. And actually, I I wrote down very, very similar notes and, and uh, from what you just talked about. Uh, for me, I felt this was a middle ground episode. And I even wrote down the whole thing of people who – and it's not just you because I've seen it in uh, some of our – some of the Seinfeld groups that were on on – facebook as well where people are like oh no seinfeld starts at three and you know stuff like that um but like this episode is no better than a lot of season two episodes like this is right in the middle of the pack with those in my opinion uh and so you know like i i'm I'm happy to be like people season three is not like the godsend start of seinfeld go back and watch one and two man Seinfeld was always good. It's always been good. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there, there there's some really good moments here. I love the Kramer stuff. Uh, love the, you know, the it moved line. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, but like in general, you know, it, it felt like a mediocre Seinfeld episode when you really watch it, you know, which is still a damn good episode <laughs> of any show period, but it's a mediocre episode for me. So I give it 2.5 out of 5 Haze. <laughs> god i hate that so much <laughs> oh my god and uh yeah dude if you guys if for some reason you're starting here uh on this episode go back and listen to season two it's season two's got some yeah. really good gold in there um but i don't want to forget I, I did forget to mention earlier when kramer did make his entrance i am curious to see when we get the crowd reaction i was kind of expecting the big crowd reaction to start in season three um but yeah. i Clearly, it's not. I don't know which episode it's going to start in. I'm going to theorize. Maybe I'll try to remember this. I'm going to theorize season five is when we're going to get it. Oh, I don't think it's that far. I'm going to say season four, if not halfway through season three. All right. We shall see then. The the great Kramer clapping debate <laughs> begins now. <laughs> and then and then we'll start theorizing when it ends because it also it also ends after a while. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, dude. Um this was fun, man. This was a good episode to talk about. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best episode to revisit, but a fantastic episode to podcast about. That's for sure. I agree. So, uh, I hey, agree. Adam, season uh season 3, let's start something different. Where can we find you on the interwebs and the podcaster uh, universe? You can find me on the Blast from Our Past podcast, uh, which is a part of the Blast from Our Past network, which is what this is on, and a podcast that you are also on. So how about you tell me about 
that one, Corey. Yes, sir. With my buddy Zach, we do uh, podcasting after dark, which we uh, review like cult horror movies and stuff like that, like ooh, spooky stuff, stuff that you'd watch around, you know, midnight on a Friday or a Saturday when your parents were asleep uh, back in the '90s and whatnot when you were kids. So we talk about that, and we uh, we try to make it a little bit of a like a compliment to um, your you and John the Blast from Our Past podcast, which you guys do more stuff like Mrs. Doubtfire and things like that, whereas we do more stuff like Terror Vision and he- Heavy Metal and stuff. <laughs> so close. Yeah. They're very similar. <laughs> yeah. So two sides to, to the coin. Um, but yeah, this is all part of the BFOP network. And uh, if you guys... Beef-op. If you guys can... I'm going um, to make it happen. You're going to do the Beef-op? You want, all right. So this is a part of the Beef-op network. <laughs> Beef-op! Will that work? Can I put that in? <laughs> please don't. Please don't ever do that. dab a doo doo up a Beef-op! Yeah, it's... That's going to be our new tag at the beginning. Yep. Dude, dude I hated that so much. Um, and then real quick, if you guys could rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate it. It goes a long way into helping us, uh, you know, get new listeners and whatnot. And uh, we, we, we love all the reviews that you guys have already left us. They are fantastic. Bye. <laughs> I hate you. But I hate you more. But I love you, buddy. I do love you. I love you, too. Oh, my God. Thank you for saying that. It, I think it moved. From it moved. That. Yeah. It moved. <laughs> you always make it move. <laughs> hey, this is Brent. And I'm Eric. And we are part of the Friday Five Podcast. Yes, sir. We cover everything from the 80s to today. We absolutely do. You can find us every other Friday on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like any. iTunes? Like Stitcher. Oh, man. This Maybe a little Spotify. Hey, and also check us out on Instagram. Absolutely. So come hang out. I think you'll have a lot of fun, and we will see you there. Yeah, bring your Proton Pack and your Ecto Cooler. And maybe some McNugget Buddies. <laughs>